Hey all, it's Bina 007 here for another three movie reviews from today at the BFI London Film Festival. All three films about love, but incredibly different, but all absolutely fantastic. It was a stellar day today. So we're going to cover Park Chan-wook's latest film, The Handmaiden, um, then go into the kids' film, Trolls, and finally head into the German art house comedy, Tony Edmund. So to begin with The Handmaiden, this is a movie by the South Korean director Park Chan-wook, who you may remember from films like Old Boy and Lady Vengeance. And he, of course, specializes in these visually audacious, darkly comic, um, deeply disturbing and sexually explicit films about revenge and sexual violence and guilt and all sorts of, you know, lovely, gritty material like that. His latest film is actually an adaptation of a book by Sarah Waters called Fingersmith, which I have read and I think is a, is a deeply brilliant, complex, intricate thriller set in late Victorian England. And the adaptation is actually thematically and just in terms of the way in which the plot is constructed and the mysteries are revealed, incredibly faithful to the source novel even though Park Chan-wook has um, transposed it from Victorian London into 1930s Korea. And actually, the changes that he make really are so sensitive. I'm, I'm one of these people who's very nervous about any adaptation of a work that I love. But it feels to me that everything that he's brought to it isn't so much a change, but an enhancement and shows a deep sensitivity and feeling for the original material. So the movie and the book are basically a con. And when we watch the first part of the film, which is split into three, what we think is going on is that a nasty con artist is going to try and seduce a naive heiress in order to get her fortune, elope with her, and then dump her in a mental asylum. And in order to do this, he recruits his fellow thief into playing the part of her naive maidservant, who obviously is going to whisper in her ear, gain her confidence, and encourage her to fall for this nasty charlatan. However, as the movie goes on, we realise that this con is going to be complicated and subverted by the fact that the young maidservant slash thief is falling in love with the mark. She's falling in love with the heiress. And actually, the heiress is not unamenable to these approaches. I'm not going to reveal more about the plot because I think it really is a genuinely wonderful set of twists and turns and character reveals. And... Park Chan-wook has taken such care in how he unfolds this mystery, it would be a shame to ruin it. So what can I say to tempt you into seeing this film? It's visually stunning. The production design of this strange, claustrophobic house where the heiress is kept almost as a prisoner by her uncle is just beautiful designed. It's half Victorian English country house with delicate, beautiful, rich embroideries and wallpapers and half Jap Japanese country lodge, beautiful gardens. And the costumes, oh, the attention to detail, the fabrics and the fastenings is so brilliant and incredibly important because, you know, there's a lot of thematic work here about how you fall in love and fetishize the, the sort of the putting on and taking off of clothes and the roles that we play. You know, if you dress up the maidservant as, as the mistress, will she look like a, an aristocrat? What, what really are the differences between these people? Can a Japanese and Korean be taken for one or the other, depending on the language they choose to speak? And indeed, that brings up another really elegant thing about this adaptation, 
is that Park Chan-wook uses the use of language as a symbol. So if a, a lowly Korean, so to say, in the occupation speaks Japanese or tries to pass himself as Japanese as an air of social climbing, that's very significant here. And the way in which they do that with the subtitles, because I was kind of thinking, how is this going to work, is that they show the Japanese in yellow and the Korean in white. So you can see very clearly in each scene how the social rankings are sort of being shifted up and down. It's worth, however, pointing out that this is visually stunning. It's a beautiful love story on so many levels. Um, sumptuous to look at. I mean, a sensory, wonderful experience. But... It is very sexually explicit, and uh, as all Park Chan-wook movies pretty much are, not so much as, a, well, actually, yeah, violence too, a little bit at the end. Um, so, you know, take the advisory warning seriously on the ratings. But I do think that for fans of the book, and actually even people who aren't fans of the book and who will therefore get more out of the twists and turns, this really is one of the most unique, imaginative literary adaptations I've ever seen. And I think this movie really ranks up there with the best of Park Chan-wook's work, going back to the likes of, for me, his best film, which is uh, Lady Vengeance. So that's The Handmaiden. The movie has a running time of 144 minutes. The movie's already been on release in much of Asia and bizarrely Central and Eastern Europe. It opens in the USA on October 21st, in Canada on October 28th, France on November 2nd, Hungary on December 1st, and finally in the UK on February 17th, 2017. And if you can go and see it on a really big screen, which I know is really tough with art house films, it will repay. Okay, so after the sort of erotic thriller, all-encompassing, breathless movie that was The Handmaiden, I rolled into Trolls with my friend Kiralee, which was um, a really adorable, gorgeous, smart, funny, cute, above all cute, animated kids film. Actually from DreamWorks Animation, who I don't normally think of as like, you know, the gold standard in animation. But Trolls really is an absolutely gorgeous film. As you might suspect, it is based on those really annoying plastic figurines with the fuzzy hair that came out. Um, and I was never a fan of those dolls. But I have to say, the resulting movie is just a joy to behold. Um, the basic plot is that the trolls are these happy, lovely, singy, dancey things. A bit like Smurfs, actually, but just multicoloured. And they just want to hug and smile and sing, but they're ha they have... And they just want to dance and smile and sing, but they have enemies. And their enemies are called the Bergens, who are these big, actually kind of what we probably would think of as trolls. And they think, the Bergens, that the only way in which they can possibly be happy, like the trolls, is to eat them. Awesome. And so the trolls, back in the backstory of this movie, ran away into hiding. Except that 20 years later, Princess Poppy who's voiced by Anna Kendrick as the heroine of this film, throws the biggest, coolest, happiest party ever. And of course, that alerts the real bad Bergen chef, uh, voiced by Christine Baranski, brilliant, brilliant casting, to their presence. So she kidnaps some of the trolls and then Princess Poppy has to go rescue them and does so with the help of her sidekick, Branch. And Branch is the one troll who isn't happy singy dancy, and he's voiced by Justin Timberlake, and it's, it's, again, brilliant casting. He's kind of the cynical troll, and as you would imagine over the course of this odd couple road trip, you know, Princess Poppy's going to melt Branch's heart. But actually, it goes further than that, because not only do they decide that they're going to rescue their friends from the Bergens, they actually decide they're going to rescue the Bergens themselves and teach these, you know, troll, trollish people that 
happiness comes from within. It doesn't come from eating a troll. And so you get the side plot, which is a little bit like a Cinderella story, where the sort of the ugly scullery maid, voiced by um, Zoe Deschanel, gets a kind of troll makeover so that she can woo the king of the Bergens. He's voiced by Chris Mintz, Christopher Mintz Plass. And that's really sweet. In fact, it's almost as sweet as the main story. What I really love about Trolls is that it's visually imaginative. It looks gorgeous. I love the texture of it. After Inside Out, it's one of these films that really has a beautiful texture. The the Bergen town kind of has this sort of fuzzy, shabby carpet feel to it. I don't know how to describe it, but it's really fantastic. Um, it is really funny. It's got a lot of pop cultural references, but not so much that it feels forced or overdone. Like it's, it's not trying to be too hyper smart. Um, but really, it's the music that works here. They take all these sort of classic 80s cheesy hits and recast them, but do so in a way that's so smart that the lyrics really have meaning. So, for instance, there's a key scene in this film where um, the two lead trolls are singing Cindy Lauper's True Colours. And when each line is uttered, like, you know, when she says, and that's why I love you, it has real meaning in the context of this um, so I think apparently Justin Timberlake was exec producing or a producer doing all the music and, and picking out all the music and it really works, it really pays off. And to a certain extent, as I was watching Trolls, I thought, my God, this is a heartwarming love story with fantastic music that's paying homage to a lot of great tropes of old films. It's kind of doing what La La Land wanted to do, but kind of better and smarter and for kids. So I would thoroughly, thoroughly encourage you to go see Trolls. Um, I was laughing out loud. Everyone, kids, adults alike, was having a good time in this film. And it's definitely worth checking out. Okay, so Trolls has a running time of 90 minutes. It's rated PG, um, very suitable for young kids. The movie is rolling out through Europe in the back end of October and opens in the UK and Ireland on October 21st. It rolls into the USA on November 3rd, I believe, and then into Australia on December 10th, which is the end of its global rollout. So please do check it out. Take the kids. Um, I think the ad adults will enjoy it as much as them, especially those of us who grew up in the 80s and like our cheesy 80s hits. Okay, so the final film of today, and it had a lot to live up to, was the German comedy. Yes, I said it right. A German comedy called Tony Erdman. And I did actually have secretly high expectations of this film because it, it apparently got huge sort of spontaneous applause from the notoriously hard critics at the Cannes Film Festival earlier this year. But I didn't really know what to expect. And I have to say, this was just... Oh, it's a tragic movie. It's a weird movie. It, I had moments when I was just looking through my fingers. It was so cringeworthy. I laughed so hard I got a sore throat. Um, I did burst into spontaneous applause twice. It's just one of the best films I've seen this year, as was The Handmaiden, right? So this was a great day for film. So the love story here is between a father and daughter. And I was thinking to myself that if this were a cheesy Hollywood movie, it would kind of look like the intern where a sort of a lovable old rogue of a of a father melted the heart of his of his hard-hearted career-driven daughter who was cynical and sort of close to love and would make her realize the true value of life but this is just so much more clever interesting insightful and authentic of a film so the daughter in this case is called Ina and she's played by Sandra Hula and she works as a management consultant, really good at her job, based in Bucharest rather than Germany. 
And we see her sort of frustrated by her job. There's casual misogyny. She's got these belligerent people in the host company that she's having to deal with. Um, You know, she's doing well, but this is not the perfect life. And she kind of deflects from difficult conversations by taking fake phone calls, which I'm sure we've all done once or twice in our lives. Um, It's on a rare visit home that her father realizes that she's doing this and actually just figures out that she's probably not that happy. But because for whatever reason, and I love that the director keeps this kind of quite ambiguous, they don't have the kind of relationship where they're going to sit down and have a chat and they're going to give each other a hug. So he decides, this guy, this practical joker, to surprise her in Bucharest. And she's just horrified, as you would be, right, if you're rando parent just turns up for like an unannounced couple of weeks of holiday and totally disrupts the schedule turns up at work and he's got this really bizarre thing where when he wants to talk to her and he finds it difficult he sort of dons these disgusting yellowing fake teeth and a dodgy wig and kind of uses very kind of um, practical japes and humor to sort of cover up discomfort and try and maybe force her out of her comfort zone into confronting some of the reality so you get this really weird holiday in Bucharest where he's kind of turning up at work stuff and adopting this persona of Tony Erdman who's this really kind of loud kind of actually bizarrely charismatic character that allows him to sort of infiltrate into his daughter's life and her friends lives and colleagues lives just all very bizarre and as this movie which in fairness it's a pretty long movie unfolds it kind of, it blurs, like how far is the daughter pissed off with this? How far is she complicit in helping him spin his little lies and weave his stories? And how far are they competing? It's almost like a game of chicken. Like he's saying like, I'm doing this thing. It's absurd. It's it's insane. I'm going to try and force you to match me. And like, can you take it? And how far can you match me? So it's this bizarre, it's this bizarre relationship. So much fun, so much fun, so much witness goes on. Um, And it builds to this climax, which is really cathartic and amazing and brilliant. Um, And you come to realize that this is a very funny movie, but it's a a humor, like a lot of the best comedy, that's born out of desperation and pain. And these two characters that don't understand each other, don't understand or even maybe respect each other's life choices, but at a sort of basic level want each other to be happy and want to be understood by the other one. And so... There's no cheesy Hollywood ending and sort of sudden dawning epiphany and realization, but there is something, there's something there. One would hope so after two hours and 40 minutes of, of film viewing, right? But, um, oh, this is a great film. It's, it's, it's unique. It's bizarre. It's truly worth watching. So Tony Edmund, it's got a running time of 162 minutes, count him. It also played Cannes Toronto in London. It opened earlier this year in Germany, apparently did very well. It opens in the USA on December 25th, Christmas Day, and in the UK on February 3rd. So I would strongly encourage you to check that out, but also check out The Handmaiden and check out Trolls. They're all movies about love, differently expressed and suitable for very, very different audiences. Um, Tony Edmund as well, pretty sexually explicit. Not necessarily like The Handmaiden, a first date movie, but all of them pay and will reward viewing. So thank you very much for listening. If you see those movies, agree or disagree with my take, feel free to get in touch on Twitter or on the blog. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy watching whatever it is you are watching at the cinema.